0: Welcome to the Football Fignuts Podcast. Uh, this week, we're going over receivers. This is episode number four. I'm Craig.
1: And I am Britt.
0: And Britt, what are you drinking this week?
1: Well, I have uh Naren Gansett, Dell's Shandy. Um, I believe you were drinking this last week, but mm-hmm. uh, I decided to dive into it this, uh, this week myself. What do nice. you got?
0: I have a beer called Sun Juice by Stony Creek Brewery.
1: They do an excellent job up there at the Stony Creek Brewery. It's a uh,
0: Belgian-style summer spiced ale. Yes, it's got like it's coriander smooth. and stuff in it, from what I hear.
1: Yeah, it's so very good. It's off very the easy air, I'll tell you a great story about certain friends of ours who uh, maybe took in a little too much sun that day. If you oh catch my! Drift, so but anyway, oh we have business to attend to, so leave us out.
0: So this week it's about receivers and who we think are going to be, you know, mostly the top ten receivers. Uh, Then we'll go through the rest of the list. Um, But right now, I think the number one prospect is still Antonio Brown.
1: Agreed. Um, The most consistent wide receiver in the NFL, probably the last three or four seasons, you know what you're going to get. And and it doesn't matter. Roethlisberger missed, I think a total of three games in the last two or three years, maybe more than that. I could be really wrong on that, but he's missed time uh, occasionally. And Brown has still continued to produce. So, it doesn't matter who's there. It's Antonio Brown is the number one, in my opinion. Nice.
0: Uh, number two on the list. Um, and now two and three, I think, can be... Can I think they're interchangeable. interchangeable. Yeah. Um, I have Julio Jones and A.J. Green.
1: Wow. Who do you, who do you okay. have? I do not have A.J. Green in the top three. Okay. Um, I, have, I, I have, as my consensus top three brown jones and beckham um i thought you were going to go to a point where you could say well you could take julio jones or odell beckham i did not expect aj green to come into the conversation this early so i'm a little taken back by there so why don't you tell us why is aj green in the top three for you
0: uh for me again since all right so clearly if you listen to the other um podcasts i'm slightly biased because i am a bengal fan slightly slightly maybe a little more than slightly. Very. But A.J. Green, even though he's had hamstring issues uh, last year, he's still a really big threat. And I think this year the Bengals have something to prove, and he's going to be a really big part of that with Dalton, provided Dalton doesn't break his hand or, you know, their offensive line holds together.
1: So A.J. Green, um, again, i have talked about how I use a lot of the tools on the Internet. One of my favorite tools is the Fantasy Pros, uh, ADP ranking. Mm-hmm. Um, it is free. You do not have to be a member to look at their ADP ranking. Um, I'm at their site right now, and AJ Green is actually the fifth wide receiver off the board across the drafts that they're monitoring right now. Now, keep in mind, we're recording this in July. There's a lot of there's a lot of leagues lot who haven't happen. started. Yes, exactly, and a lot of people who have not started their drafts yet. So this ADP will change and, and can. He could be the number two or number three by the time it's all said and done. I've got him at number five. So um I do like him. I think he's consistent. I think um the supporting cast around him in terms of the other wideouts has changed a lot and he seems to be the main constant there. Like who's who's on the other side of the field this year from AJ Green?
0: Uh this year? Oh, it's um what's his name from New England? You know why? Because last year it changed several times. So I'll get you the I, right And part.
1: you know, I mean, this is the part in the podcast where you have to make a random TJ reference. Remember him, TJ Houshmandzoo? Yes, championship. If you remember that commercial, <laughs> I do remember. That's a great commercial. I I have trouble pronouncing names too, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wreck the money. <laughs> but I mean, I think I think part of what makes a number one a number one is you have to have a viable threat elsewhere on the field to prevent True. people from over-teaming you. Um,
0: yeah, But here's the thing with the Bengals. So they have Brandon LaFell. Uh, <sighs> but but the Bengals did draft uh, John Ross. He's a rookie, and he's the fastest rookie ever. Is he bionic? Out, comp- out of the combine. He's
1: the fastest rookie he broke ever the 40 in the combine. Record. He broke the 40 record. So how long yep. is it before he breaks his foot and That's he's a done? different
0: story. Hopefully he doesn't get turf toe.
1: And what's what's the reports at a Bengals camp on this John Ross fellow? Is he is he progressing? Dalton said
0: he's the fastest person he's ever seen playing yeah, but that's, football.
1: That's fantastic. I can be the fastest person on earth and not be able to catch a dang football. Can he catch the no, ball? They
0: just can spray his hand with some stickum.
1: And it's just like the replacements.
0: What are they gonna do is send him to football jail. <laughs>
1: oh i love that movie you know uh, the, I, true confession and this is gonna upset a lot of people i have never seen that movie in its entirety from beginning to end really i've seen the first half 17 times i've seen the second half 30 times i've never sat down it's and a watched funny movie. it you should watch from it. beginning to end so all right anyway back to our list so craig's got an aj green at two uh and julio jones at three i think we don't have to sit here and talk about julio jones if Julio Jones can stay on the field, Julio Jones is going to produce. Much like Correct. A.J. Green, he has an ability to get open. He is targeted, and they still find a way to get him the football. So I don't think that there's any sort of issue there with um, you know, who the other people are. If he's on the field and he's healthy, he's going to be decent. We saw flashes of absolute unbelievable brilliance last year. With two games over 200 yards, mm-hmm. some obscene number. But, you know, then we saw a lot of games. We saw games where he got zero. And it was clearly Julio was not healthy. So I guess the question then to you, Craig, is, is Julio Jones healthy? And can he produce this year at a regular rate?
0: He is. The issue is with the coaching change. So
1: well, you're how worried will, about Kyle Shanahan leaving.
0: Yeah. How will Atlanta do?
1: Which is a huge question, I you know, and that's a, we've talked about it with Devontae Freeman, we have talked about it with um, Matt Ryan, and now we're talking about it with Julio Jones. These are all guys who were great last year, who may be going through a bit of a regression this year. Or so, my three is Odell Beckham Jr., and I think he is going to have a really solid year. He needs to keep his head in the football game. I worry every time he proposes to a football net or curses out a purporter or blames the fact that there wasn't orange Gatorade in the tanks for his poor performances. I know you're not listening, but if you were Odell, own your mistakes, work to improve them. You will be a great football player. I feel like he worries too much about the details and the things going on around him and he's starting to smell a little too much like T.O. to me. And that's a concern. We do not need a Terrell Owens on the Giants.
0: And Terrell is still looking for a job. Is
1: he still not formally retired?
0: No. I think he's still he's still open to playing again.
1: He can be open to he's playing still in whatever shape. he wants. He's still in
0: phenomenal shape.
1: He should really go on the PBA. I've seen the guy bowl. Really? Probably, oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did some sort of thing with ESPN uh, bowling night thing where they grabbed random sports people, and he was good. Huh. He was good. He could ball. So. All right, so our top three are slightly different. we got two of the same top three. Who is your number four then? If you've got A.J. Green in the top three, who's your four and five?
0: Um, got to have Odell yeah. at four, right? I have Adele, four, and then Jordy if he doesn't break his knee again.
1: Jordy Nelson at five. That is fascinating. I have Jordy Nelson at five myself, but I have Mike Evans ahead of him at four. Mm-hmm. So you're putting AJ Green ahead of both Mike Nelson, Mike Evans, and Jordy Nelson. And yes. I almost said Mike Nelson there, which is yeah, not sure a football that, player. I'm sure that's somebody's name. So. AJ better than Mike Evans and Jordy Nelson. Tell me, what are your thoughts on Nelson and Evans? Uh,
0: Nelson, he's very consistent. His issue last year, because I had him last year. He's very consistent, but he, you know, has been hurt randomly.
1: Injury prone. Yes. As with most of the wideouts and most of the running backs we talked about, injuries are the concern.
0: And with Mike Evans, I've never really been either here nor there with Mike Evans. He's still a phenomenal receiver, but...
1: I think this is the year.
0: Is this his third year? No,
1: it's not. Because
0: um, there is that, you know, the third year for receiver Fourth? Thing. Okay.
1: Is it? It might be his third year with Jameis. I'm and looking the answer now. answer is. He's 24 years old. Do,
0: do, 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 Come on, computer. Do, do, do. Do, do. That's because you have a surface.
1: I'm working on a tablet. That's because we have to record this in your basement. <laughs> Your mom's going to call us for dinner in a minute. Oh, boy. Um, I cannot find easily. Where's his stats?
0: This is a professional
1: podcast, folks. (laughs) You, too, could run a professional (laughs) podcast out of Craig's basement looking up stats on the fly. Mm. Oh, this will be his fourth year. Okay. Um, His first year was 2014. Mm -hmm. He had just over 1,000 yards. 2015, 1,200 yards. Last year, 1,300 yards. Jameis Winston is a year older, a year wiser. Um, I kind of really like Mike Evans this year. I really do. Okay. Um, I'm worried about... I need to know who's on the other side of the field. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I don't know if Tampa has the depth to make sure he can stay open, but he is one of those guys that reminds me a lot of Randy Moss. If you get it in his vicinity, he will find a way to catch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really helps him in my view. So. I have all of those folks above um, A.J. Green. So there's our first major disagreement. I've got Brown, Jones, Beckham, and Evans all above Green. I've got Jordy Nelson just behind him. The next name on my list, the next couple names on my list are fascinating to me. Number seven on my list is T.Y. Hilton. I don't know what to make of T.Y. Hilton. Dante Moncrief should, in theory, make it easy for T.Y. Hilton to get open. But it has not worked in practice. And I don't understand why that is. So, I mean, I'm kind of I think that bullish. has to do
0: with more with Andrew Luck?
1: Could it? Probably. I mean, that, that, that's a definite possibility. I don't know. But I'm looking at T.Y.'s numbers from last year. He played all 16 games for the second straight season. He's only missed one game... Since 2013, and his yardage—I mean, he had great yardage last year, 1,448 yards. Only six touchdowns, though. It's like it's like the yardage kind of fluctuates, um, but he doesn't. You know, I, I just I just don't see the touchdown production increasing. I don't see the scoring in Indy being good this year. Uh-uh. Um, so that kind of concerns me a little bit. Are you buying the Ty Hilton hype? Is Ty Hilton? the next guy on the list for you or what uh
0: mm, he is but there's several well there's several other people i'd probably draft before him
1: that we haven't named at least two all right so let's name those let's talk about those guys let's talk about people craig likes better than ty hilton
0: uh michael thomas yes because of who's throwing the ball
1: Yes, and Brandon Kurtz being gone. We'll come back to Michael Thomas in a minute because I've got some strong opinions on Michael Thomas.
0: And I think this guy is going to have a big year.
1: Oh, Um, God, I have a bad feeling (laughs) I know what name is coming. I'm afraid. It is
0: Amani um, Cooper.
1: Oh, really? You're going with Mari Cooper? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, that is sorry. Not I said Amonte, the I Amari. That is not the name I expected to come out next, and I'm actually relieved because I think Amari Cooper is going to be good this year too. Because I think Oakland is, is a potentially 12 win okay. team this year. Um, I think there is a scenario in which the Oakland Raiders could shock the world and win 13 to 14 games this year.
0: I could see that definitely.
1: I, I'm not calling it. I'm calling 10 to 12 wins.
0: You're pointing at the outfield. That's what yes, you're
1: doing. I'm pointing it. I'm pointing at the fence. Okay. So. But let's, so let's talk about Michael Thomas for a second. I love me some Michael Thomas. Last year in our um, ho- house draft, I picked up Michael Thomas in the ninth round. And he was going to be, I think, my third wide receiver or my flex. Um, and he ended up being one of my more consistent ones. And the reason I picked up Michael Thomas was because I was able to get Brandon Cooks in the second round and then mm-hmm. Drew Brees in the fourth. So now and it I'm sitting there going, well for you. If "I am."
0: So you like the quarterback receiver combo? Oh, I,
1: when possible, if it's a strong situation, yes. And I said to myself, you know, it New Orleans at home. That makes the the Breeze Cooks Thomas combo probably a must start every week. Mm-hmm. It at home because they play so well at home, uh, and if somebody goes down to injury, I've got their their. I, I handcuffed and gave myself depth with a, a handcuff at the same time. And there's not a lot of quarterback-wide receiver combos where you can do that with, where you can sit there and go, okay, I'm going to take Dak Prescott, and I'm going to take Des Bryant, and I'm going to take the other guy on the side of the field. True. How many, I mean, could you do it with Luck, Hilton, and Moncrief? Probably. Mm-hmm. Could you do it this year with Manning, Beckham, and Marshall? Yes, but are you really that high up on Manning that you want that quarterback in play? I, it was rare. Well, now I'm looking because we got our note from the commissioner saying, don't forget, this year, instead of just having a straight keeper, your keeper costs you that draft pick. That's a change that our league made this year. Yep. Well, I've got Michael Thomas in the ninth round, and Brandon Cooks is up in New England talking to the GOAT. So... I all of a sudden have this keeper in my mind where I don't know if I want to keep a top five guy because Michael Thomas is number eight on my list of wideouts and he's going 17th overall in ADP. So am I willing to keep a second rounder, right? Yes. Right. Am I willing to keep a second rounder for a ninth pick And pass up on keeping somebody really, really high. And don't forget, for those of you who don't know me, last year I was in four seasonal leagues. And my running backs included, and I'm not even joking when I say this, Adrian Peterson, Eddie Lacy, Eh. Jamal Charles, Spencer Ware. I have no depth on any of my keeper teams at running back. None. I've got nothing. Um, oh, and by the way, my league has a rule that you can't keep somebody more than two consecutive years. So I have Julio Jones and can't keep him. So Michael Thomas right now is looking like a solid option and it's only going to cost me a nine pick. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of big on Michael Thomas this year, kind of really hoping he pans out and he is probably my keeper. So, all right. So that's, that's my Michael Thomas rant. I do like Michael Thomas. I don't know that I like him better than T.Y. Hilton. Um, his ADP is only one spot off, both in wide receivers and overall, they're number seven and number eight, according to fantasy pros and they're number 16 and 17 with regards to overall ADP. So, uh, Amari Cooper, I have him at 10th in ADP. What do I have him at in my personal rankings? I have him at 12.
0: Wow. Really? Really?
1: Okay. okay, I'm going to bump him to 11 because All I right. just saw who was at number 11 and I don't approve.
0: Was it Des Bryant?
1: Ah, uh, no. No, it was not. It was a name I don't want to discuss but we will. Oh. Um <laughs> so Amari Cooper I think could have a huge year. I think the same sort of thing. What did Amari Cooper do last year? I felt like every I feel like last year Amari Cooper was a little bit of a disappointment, but let me look at that. What were your thoughts on Amari Cooper?
0: Well, he's the one I think is going to be have a big year. Not, it's not. He's not my sleeper pick, but he's gonna. I feel like he's gonna finish above the rank of ten.
1: It's his third year,
0: and it is his third year, which you know is a magic for receivers. Third
1: year, and he's been with Carr what the last two. Yep. This will be his third. This will be. This will be his second or third year with Carr.
0: I know your division with your Chiefs. I think the Raiders might actually win it.
1: I think it's entirely possible. I mean, it's very rare. The AFC West, if you go back over their history over like the last 20 years, except for the years where Denver won the Super Bowl, a different team wins a division virtually every year. Um, you know, I think going all the way back to like the 90s when Stan Humphreys came out of nowhere oh, and brought him? San Diego from 0-4 to 12-4 and 4 and into a Super Bowl, I think every year, virtually every year, you see back-to-back champions maybe two or three times in a 20-year period instead you see Chiefs, Oakland, Denver, Denver, Oakland, Chiefs, Denver, Oakland, Chiefs, San Diego, <laughs> Oakland, Denver, Denver, Chiefs. There's somebody different that's always rising in that league. So, with the Chiefs winning last year, I do believe Denver will uh, I'm seeing Oakland rather will be the the team to beat there. So, um, but you also brought up the D word, which is where I thought you were going Uh-oh. when you're saying these are people I would take over TY Hilton. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure you were going to say Michael Thomas and Des Bryant. I don't know what to do with Dez. I don't. Depends on
0: his mood. Well,
1: the, but that's the thing. In in Dallas, mood is only part of the issue. And yes, Dez has a habit of being very vocal um, and very opinionated on where he's at. I'm not sold on Dak Prescott in year two. I'm just not. Um, I don't Any know. A reason? The sophomore slump does exist. It's a real thing. We see it a lot. And the reason there's a sophomore slump is tape availability. You know, NFL offenses are different than college offenses, period. So you can have three to four years of tape on Dak Prescott in college, and now you have a year in the NFL. It's totally different. It is completely different. And now somebody who is paid millions of dollars a year, who is in the NFL because he has that analytical ability – is looking at that tape and saying, I see something he hasn't thought of. Or have you noticed, when he's passing to his right, he never watches the left flank. So now you've got a defensive coordinator who sits there and goes, you know what, every time I blitz, I'm blitzing from the left flank. And half the time I'm going to get lucky. Or have you noticed, every time Des Bryant lines up on the right-hand side, he never looks left. So every time Des Bryant go, breaks out to the right-hand side... I am going to blitz, and I'm going to make sure my linebacker calls the play. It's different. There's a different level of analysis. There's a different level of information in the NFL. And because of it, people in their second year tend to do worse. That's in general. It's, I think, mainly at the quarterback and running back level. You see it sometimes with wide receivers, but not so much. But I do believe that because wide receiver is dependent on your quarterback... To some extent, I worry that Des is not going to have a good year because of Dak Prescott.
0: Makes sense. I agree with that. I I'm with just that. worried about it. So you think I think the Cowboys are overhyped as a team?
1: I think the Cowboys have too many question marks. I think the Cowboys could be a phenomenal team. I want to. All right, there so we go. Word crimes. Um, I'm going to put the Cowboys at four to twelve wins. That is wow. how that I'm telling you. I honestly have that's a no big, that's idea a big margin. So Elliot gets suspended. Prescott regresses. Des Bryant throws a hissy fit and this now they have no one now they have no one. They're gonna win six games. they're gonna be fantasy garbage or Dak Prescott gets ahead of this film. his quarterback coach says, you see what you're doing here? You need to correct that. They corrected during the OTAs. Ezekiel Elliott does not get suspended. Des Bryant finds inner peace. And the next thing you know, this team wins 12 games in the division. I don't know what to make of the Cowboys. I just That's don't. That's fair. And I don't know what to make of them from a fantasy perspective. So Des Bryant to me is the biggest question mark on the wide receiver list. Mm-hmm. He can be top five and he can be 25th. And I just don't know. And the worst part is, people sit there and go well that's not news he's always had these kind of uh feelings of being like the the loner and being very vocal and saying this and saying that but part of it is not on him part of it is on um the people around him and that's mm-hmm. what worries me nice so that's where we're at with des talked yep. about amari cooper now here's the name
0: what number are we on now
1: i don't remember probably
0: 10 ish 11 well i've probably be- 11
1: Let me, I, i'm 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 balancing multiple list uh lists here And I'm also staring into a lamp, which is giving me sunspots. Oh, thank you, Craig. Craig is adjusting the lamp. You so could have me sooner. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. What are we, 20 minutes in? 50 minutes in? I'm just telling you now. How many lights do you see? There are four lights, and you are six years old? Oh, crap. It's been too long. I haven't watched the episode. show in too long. That's, That's a Star Trek episode. That is a Star Trek reference, and our friend John just like had a fit because I can't remember how old he tells the interrogator he is. You, he's like screams it at him like you are six years old or something like that it's but there's it there's four lights um okay anyway uh I had okay so I had des at number 10 mm-hmm. um and I skipped my number nine because we talked about amari I had amari a little lower and this is my number nine actually I think i probably would take amari over this guy so I really kind of need to look at this again which is DeAndre Hopkins Okay. I had DeAndre Hopkins last year. I was excited to have DeAndre Hopkins on my team last year. I'm not this year. At all. There's a reason why I'm not talking about keeping DeAndre Hopkins. I You know, I know Brock Eisweiler's gone. He is gone, right?
0: You're going to make me look this up.
1: Wait a minute. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Watson now. Watson is the uh the quarterback there. So that's good. That's good. Um, I still, there are quarterbacks, I'm sorry, there are wide receivers who can react well to be double teamed and who can overcome things like being the primary target. Mm-hmm. Guys like Randy Moss, guys like Jerry Rice, um, more recently guys like Julio Jones, you know, we know you're going to double team Julio Jones. He still finds a way to catch the ball when he's healthy. DeAndre doesn't do that for me. I worry when DeAndre features, features, features faces, word crimes, faces, double coverage, he has trouble. Mm-hmm. And I think the word is out that in Houston, if they're back to pass, they're throwing to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, So I think that there's there's that. And I also think last year that they saw something on tape about him. He did not get open as easily as he did in 2015. So he's I'm a little down on him this year. Could he have a great year? Absolutely. I have him just uh, a couple of points ahead of Des Bryant. But um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of DeAndre. I
0: don't know. I think how long has he been playing now?
1: Oh geez. Um, he's been in Houston for a while now. Yeah, this third or fourth year. Had that breakout year two years ago. Um, uh, looking now.
0: Do, 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 yeah, this is. Do, do, do. You can
1: tell I did not. I'm not great with my wideouts. My wideouts, I usually kind of have to let the draft come to me. There's two or three guys I really like. And then, well, this is going to be his fourth year, fifth year. Okay. Fifth year. And this is the interesting thing. So here's his yardage going back to 2013, 800, Mm -hmm. then 1200, Mm -hmm. 1500. Third year. That last year, 954 for four touchdowns. He went from 1500 yards and 11 touchdowns to 954 yards and four touchdowns. His receptions dropped from 111 to 78 Damn. Now, here's the thing, okay? 78 receptions is not a great... Is not Well, it's a, it's a good production year for most people, but not for, like, a top wideout. He had 76 catches in 2014. So he basically had the same number of catches last year as he had in 2014.
0: But less yards.
1: But 300 less yards. So his yards per catch is down. It's down almost... It's down over 3 per, three per. You know, it, it's down to 12.2. He went from being this deep threat that no one could stop who you could run a route on top of his deep threat ability to a guy who, if you threw the ball in his direction, you better hope he's wide open. Mm-hmm. And that's a concern. I, I, I'm not big on him this year. I was last year. I'm not this year. I also had faith that Brock Osweiler was not a flash in the pan. He did not do yeah, well. He flash in the pan. I think Definitely. he did. I think he did. So um, we're getting into that like third tier guys who are probably starting for you. Probably. But you're not happy about it?
0: That's how I felt about um, a certain receiver in Seattle last year.
1: We haven't talked about Dougie yet.
0: No, he was my number one last year and he made me very sad.
1: And he's next on my list. He I believe he is the guy I just downgraded twice to get to next on my list. I, I had
0: Doug Baldwin several times last year.
1: I had Dougie at eleven and then I moved Amari Co- Amari Cooper up over him. I might actually move up the next guy on the list, but let's talk about Doug Baldwin. Here's the thing: Seattle has a very pass-friendly schedule. The uh, secondaries are the lowest-rated uh, in terms of strength so of schedule. So it could
0: work out for him. I don't. For me personally, I don't take the risk again unless he's he's the only one up on the board that I feel like I should take.
1: And are we worried about his reliability? Are we worried about him being out on the field every game? I'm
0: worried about his consistency. Because, did... like, in our league, you know, we, we get we get um, a bonus for over 100 yards. Or yes. 100 yards. That didn't happen that much with him.
1: No. At it all. It didn't. I'm not going to break him down game by game. I'm going to take your word for that. But I'm also pulling up his – oh, I do have a game log here. I could look at that. He did play all 16 games. He did. He did. But I feel like he left a couple early due to injury. And there's some that he just definitely just didn't play well in. Okay, like here's... All right, so here we go. Game log from 2016. Um. Wow. <sighs> um. Wow. How many games of the 16 games he played, Craig? Mm-hmm. How many games was he targeted double-digit times?
0: I'm going to say 10. Four. Oh, wow.
1: Four times he got double-digit targets. Um, And, like, that's why I'm sitting here going, wow. I mean, there's a lot of five, six target games, a lot of four-catch games. You know, for a primary receiver, he was targeted 11 times at Miami, Mm -hmm. caught nine for 92, so only 10 per. Uh, He was targeted 10 times against San Francisco. Against San Francisco, (laughs) he was only targeted 10 times but he caught for 164 yards. Eight catches for 164 yards on 10 targets. You know, I, it's just, you're right. The consistency isn't there. I'm going to just read. This is from week one on. This is his yardage totals. Okay. I'm going to read like the first seven or eight. 92. 20. Mm-hmm. 164. There you go. 54. Yep. 31. Yep. 69. Yep. 51.
0: hmm 89. Yep. 59. A
1: little close. Oh. Hundred and four. There you go. So there's, you know, in the first how eleven weeks, in the Somehow first ten games, he had year. two bonuses, twice. I'll tell you, he won last year. He had 171 yards against Arizona in week 16. There you go. That's our Super Bowl. That one. helped me. 13 <laughs> catches, 171 <laughs> yards, and a touchdown.
0: That's a lot of points.
1: Yeah, was that 17 plus the bonus 22? That's a 35 point day.
0: That's a good day. to And have you don't it, at want to draft this guy
1: again. He won you the Super I don't.
0: Bowl. He's too... Inc- like, the fact that he did that is, um, still amazes me. Wow. Because I didn't win by that much.
1: How, what was the final... Were we up by 10, 15?
0: I'm going to... I'll look it up.
1: Okay, well, to he's the looking that up. To the internet. While he's looking that up, we'll continue on. So, Craig is not big on Doug Baldwin. I, I hear what Craig is saying. The consistency isn't there. I think some of those low-target games, like the four-to-six-target games, were maybe games where he didn't play the entire game. Um, he never missed a game. He started every game... But I feel like there were times that he did not produce. Brings up the next guy who's um, kind of a border wide receiver two, former wide receiver one, and that's Demarius Thomas.
0: Remember when he was, like, one of the top ten guys?
1: And he's still really good. I mean, he's not that bad. I just don't know what to make of him given um, the changes in Denver. You know? I, I, I just don't know. So, I mean... I've got him at, what do I have him at? I see one list. I've got him at 14. I've got him at 13 on my personal list. Um. honestly don't know. I mean, he's moving up a little bit. I'm bringing up his stats from the last couple years. I just, I don't know what to make of Demarius Thomas. I don't know what to make of Denver in general.
0: Just draft their running back.
1: That might be the way to go, but, you know... They tend to get a little bit hurt. Now, to his credit, Demaryius Thomas has had, had the worst year of his career last year, mm-hmm. and he still caught ninety balls for a thousand yards and five touchdowns.
0: That's not bad for our league,
1: which is why he's in the wide receiver two category. Um, you know, I mean, that's that's a solid production. It, it's disappointing because the year before he had fifteen more receptions and three hundred more yards. His yards per reception have been slowly and steadily declining, but I think that's a role change. Uh, he's definitely not streaking down the field as much as he used to. He's definitely trying to run more routes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that, I think he's, I think he's a, a solid pick. I really do. I really do. He, did he miss games? No, he did not miss games last year. So there's that. Um, all right. So now we're kind of at a point where we start blowing through some names and just say, okay, who do we like? Who do we hate? So Craig, I'm just going to throw out names. Okay. Love them. Hate them. Okay. Don't care. All right. Go ahead. Devonte Adams.
0: Don't care,
1: Alan Robinson. I like him. I do not care for Alan Robinson. Okay. Again, and I think it's the same thing. His production is too up and down. He is fair, a good fair. daily play, mm-hmm. but I do not like him in most um, season longs. <sighs> Jarvis Landry. I'm indifferent. I am not impressed by Jarvis Landry. Burned me on two of my teams last year. Good luck to him this year. I I'm, I won't draft him. <laughs> So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's probably the best endorsement I can give him is okay. that I'm not going to pick him up, so he's going to be fantastic. Sammy Watkins. I
0: like him. I like him.
1: Health is the primary concern, which is something the Guru said as well this week. Um, I don't know what to make of the Buffalo offense. There's now reports out of Buffalo, by the way, that Mike Gillisley might be the lead back. Really? Yes. I, I don't believe
0: it. How do you feel about,
1: well... Wait, Mike I mean, Gillislee's not there anymore. What am I talking about? I don't know. No, I'm talking about New England. Sorry, Mike Gillislee might be a the lead. There's reports out of New England that Mike Gillisley might be the lead back. So it doesn't really affect Sammy Watkins, does it? Not really. Al Sean, I'm now in Philadelphia. Jeffrey?
0: I'm going to say no only because of the other receiver that's there.
1: Who am I forgetting? Kenny Britt. Oh, we don't have to discuss Kenny Britt, do we? He's He's my
0: sleeper receiver this year i just think for some reason i just feel like the eagles are
1: gonna be good this is why i drink during this podcast i swear to god Uh, kenny Britt. you know what here it is here's your here's the personal bet i'm gonna extend to you this year what what do you think kenny Britt's gonna do this year
0: like stat wise
1: yeah is he good for a thousand
0: i'm saying he's probably gonna get 1400 yards
1: 1400 yards yep As the two-receiver in in Philadelphia, because Alshon, I'm presuming, is the number one.
0: I'm going to look that up. I don't know what their their roster is.
1: I I have not looked at the Philadelphia death chart. I will be completely honest there. I am scrolling down rapidly to try and find (laughs) Kenny Britt on my list, because I sense a bet coming up here. I just passed Dante Moncrief and Tyreek Hill. Still looking for him. Mm Mm-hmm. There goes Eric Decker, oh, still can, looking for yeah, him. Yeah, no,
0: no Eric Decker.
1: Number forty one. go down Kenny the right Britt. hallway. Kenny Britt's in Cleveland.
0: Wait a minute. Is you're thinking Cleveland?
1: of the wrong dude. God uh, damn it. Anyway. Okay, good, because I was like, there's no way. I, I, if, if if you're going to put your money on Kenny Britt, I'm putting a six-pack of beer on that, and I'm going to go home <laughs> and sleep like a baby. I'm trying to see now who else is in Philadelphia. Let's see if we can't get a... It's
0: Ashton. No, it's Jeffrey. That's who I'm thinking of. Not Kenny Britt.
1: Sorry. Jeffrey and who, though?
0: It's Jeffrey Matthews and Smith.
1: Oh, really? Rashard Matthews is there?
0: Jordan Matthews. Jordan
1: Matthews. Oh, God, that's right. I had him last year, too. That's how forgettable he was for me. Here's another guy. Not Kenny Britt,
0: Ashton Jeffrey. Well, you know what?
1: If Jeffrey can stay healthy, then, with Jordan Matthews on the other side of the field... He might actually have a decent season. I, I won't poo-poo it too much then. Um, We talked about Sammy Watkins. Uh, Tyrell Pryor.
0: He's in Cleveland?
1: No, he's moved to Washington.
0: Oh. Wait, who's throwing the ball in Washington?
1: Kirk Cousins. Oh, your boy, you like right. that. You like that. I know. Um, Tyrell Pryor is, again, a hit or miss. We're getting into this list of people that I just see. The receiver being... list
0: is really big because there's a lot of
1: them. Well, that's the thing, but I mean, they're all hit or miss. So, I mean, Devontae Adams, Tyrell Pryor, Keenan Allen, Michael Crabtree, Emmanuel Sanders. Who on that list are you really confident is going to be consistent in production? Not even good or bad, but consistent.
0: Maybe Crabtree.
1: Maybe Crabtree and maybe Sanders. Out of that list. Yeah, maybe Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders has been very flashy. He's 15 or he's 2, you know, in terms of fantasy points. Like, all right, stop me when you hit somebody... That you feel consistently... Okay. Is, it doesn't even have to be good. Maybe they're going to be only four or five points a game. But they're going to get you four or five points a game every single game. You All stop right. me. Okay. Golden Tate. Jarvis Landry. Julian Edelman. Larry Fitzgerald. Tyreek Hill. Martavius Bryant. Dante Moncrief. Willie Sneed. <laughs> Stefan <laughs> Diggs. Jameson Crowder. Uh. Kelvin Benjamin. Brandon Marshall. Deshaun Jackson. There you go. Okay, see, and I had to read off to over 10 names. All of those guys we had, we just read, have the potential to be really great. Or They're, get one or, point. Or get one point. And the problem is... They're all is, Doug Baldwins. That's, and that's the problem when you rank wide receivers on a season long in terms of points scored because you're going to have a Julio Jones who scored, I think, plus 25 points on three or four occasions, but also gave you... Five or less on five or six occasions. The inconsistency doesn't balance out. So I guess the best advice I can give anybody for the wide receiver pool is you have to really look at their schedule and their consistency in terms of how they perform. You know, So Demarius Thomas, while he may not have fantastic numbers and he may only catch five or six touchdowns, at least I know what I'm getting as opposed to, I don't know, um, Tyreek Hill. I'm a Chiefs fan. I'm a Chase fan, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of folks who are big on Tyreek Hill. A lot of folks who are big on Tyreek Hill, both inside the organization and in fantasy experts. I can't do it. I can't do it. I just, there's there, all of these guys, that entire list are hit or miss. Any of those names could be top 10 receivers this year mm-hmm. if they can just put up 15 points a game or 10 points a game consistently. But I don't know who's consistently putting up 10 points a game this year.
0: Mm, I don't know they they're all Doug Baldwin's
1: which is why i disagree with your draft strategy of you've got to grab your running back early because i think the running backs while they they do drop off a cliff there's more consistency at running back than there is at wideout so i'd rather grab that top tier wideout in the first two or three rounds Mm-mm. and get get some depth at wideout and then say okay i'll find somebody in between to do it so all right with that being said all that's okay. good. This is why people talk about no quarterback strategies. I'm sorry, no no running back strategies. I'm gonna wait until the seventh or eighth round to get running backs because the inconsistency at the other positions is so volatile that you have to wait sometimes to figure out what you're gonna do. Personally, I take a balanced approach to my drafting. I like a I like in my first four picks, I want to have my wideouts and my running backs set. In any year, that's how I look at it. Who goes where, maybe based on the draft board, maybe based on things like inconsistency. But I'm not one of those people who sits there and goes, I'm going to have an entire starting lineup except for my running backs in place by the seventh round. So, yep. so who are you looking at? We just ran off a whole bunch of names. We We're into the that was a big 40s. List. We're into the 40s now in terms of... Uh, now
0: it's, you know, you're just drafting people because of their name.
1: And, and, and for the home run hit. You know, Jordan Matthews, by the way, is number 47 on the list I'm looking at right now. So they think that Jeffries is going to be much more productive than Matthews there. And Mm. Jordan Matthews was a disappointment last year. I'm not going to lie about that. He was. He was. Who do you, who's your sleeper this year? And it can be, and because this is so volatile, it could be somebody who's good, but way down.
0: So I kind of have two. Okay. So as we mentioned before, and I said it was the wrong name before. Ashland Jeffrey, I think is going to have a really big year.
1: Alshon
0: Alshon Jeffrey
1: Say it with me Alshon, Alshon. Word What comments. did I say? Like Alshon
0: Oh, well, I combine the letters Alshon Jeffrey, I think he's going to have a really big year I think it's going to be a big year for the Eagles But My sleeper sleeper pick Again, because I'm biased Is oh, John Ross here Because he is the new Chris Henry Here we go He's the new Chris Henry in Cincinnati.
1: So you're telling me that all I need to do is draft Joe Mixon and John Ross, and I'm all set. Your championship. That's it. Championship. That's it. So when yep. the, when the Bengals are you know four and ten, yep, and their their leading fantasy producer is Giovanni Bernard
0: mm-hmm. with a broken knee.
1: With a broken knee. I, okay.
0: He's going to be the guy that when they when Dalton throws you know a pass more than twenty yards, it's going to be to John Ross
1: he is the new Chris Henry. I have him at sixty two on my list so that's entirely possible. How about you <sighs> this is this is bold. this one is gutsy and everyone's gonna laugh at me on this one and you have every right to okay unless I'm right okay. if I'm right about this uh-huh. there's gonna be big time repercussions <laughs> okay brace yourself for the Marquise Lee show all right. I'm calling it right now. He is still, yes, he is still, I think he's going to be the number two this year in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he is going to step up. He had a couple of, of flashes of brilliance. There was one week in Daily Fantasy where I think we paid $3,000 for him, and he <laughs> saved our game. I, I'd, I'd have to look up the exact game log that he had, but I really think Marquise Lee is going to be epically fantastic. This year, I think he's going to break out. I think he is going to be big for that offense. Um, I think the the improved one game is going to take some uh, pressure off of him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to really make a big difference in the long run. Um trying to find out where's that one and game that he really... And
0: now, just a reminder anyone listening to this, this is an overall... These last couple episodes have been an overall list. Yes. This isn't, these aren't going to be the people you're starting every week yes, and no, daily.
1: No, no, no. I talk about folks who are good daily picks, but we'll be talking about the daily picks during the season. It was week fourteen against Minnesota. He caught eight passes for one hundred and thirteen yards, and yep. he was in daily under three percent owned. That's big. And because he had been struggling, his previous weeks he had only broken fifty yards like twice in like the first th- in the three weeks before. Mm-hmm. Um, and we uh, and and so I you know again. Listen to a lot of sources and somebody just said to me, if you're looking for bargain basement and you're really stuck, Marquise Lee has been at the very least consistent. He's catching three or four balls for 30 yards. Okay. gets your six points, get your four and a half, five points. You've, you got no other choice. And then he comes out and he runs and he does this for 11, uh, 13, 14 points mm-hmm. on a minimal salary. And he was almost at five X value, um, which is something again, we'll talk in DFS. We'll do a DFS preview probably sometime in August. Um, for those who are new to uh, DFS. And he just came out the door and blew the doors off. His salary went up to like 3800 the next week. The next week, here's his line zero catches for zero yards on three targets. Ouch. At Houston.
0: Yeah.
1: So it, he is, he's been very hit or miss. He was only over 100 yards twice last season. He did not, did how many touchdowns did he have? Three. Had three touchdowns. I have a feeling that this is going to be a different year in Jacksonville. I know I was down on Bortles. Bortles' mechanics are terrible. Poor Bortles. Poor, you know, I I, I just, I have a feeling Marquise Lee could be the big breakout. Now, three months from now, I expect to have a ton of emails with this audio clip in it saying you are completely wrong about Marquise <laughs> Lee. He has been terrible. That could happen. It absolutely could happen. But you never happen.
0: know what you know... The season's always up in the air when it
1: starts. Well, that's the thing. Actually, the whole
0: season is up in the air.
1: Everything is up in the air. I mean, you have no idea. You have no idea what's going to happen. But that's why we talk about it now. I mean, it's all speculation. But for folks who are looking for guidance on stuff, that's why we're here. We really enjoy doing this, and we really enjoy talking about these things. So, all right, Craig. So, we talk about our sleepers. The bust. Who is highly ranked? Who's up on that list? Who's going down? And when I say highly ranked, I mean, let's talk about uh what would be considered a wide receiver one so for most leagues that means the top 12 top who, 12 who huh? in the top 12 wideouts on your list is not going to perform hmm
0: let's see let's see i don't know let me ponder this who's all on right, your well, list all right well i'll give you mine's easy yep.
1: mine's Doug Baldwin
0: see he's not even in my top 10
1: i've got him at 11 on one list i've got him at 12 it's on like, another i, I I don't see Doug Baldwin producing this year. I don't. And again, nope. I said this during episode one or episode two, I don't like Russell Wilson. Uh-huh. I'm sure he's a lovely person. I just don't like his method of play. And I don't like where this team is going. I think he is going to struggle this year. I think Seattle is going to struggle this year. Uh-huh. Um, here's the bottom line about Seattle, the Seattle Hawks from an NFL perspective. Their division is horrible. Who's winning that division besides Seattle?
0: Mm, probably Seattle.
1: I don't see the Rams pushing it. I don't see the Niners pushing Definitely it.
0: Definitely not the 49ers.
1: You know, who else in that division? Who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting somebody obvious. There's, there's of course, a fourth team in that division. Grabbing my notes. I'm grabbing your notes. Who else is in that division? Why am I cannot remember? Oh, Arizona. Arizona yeah. might be the only team Maybe. that gives them a run. And But as we said in previous podcasts, Arizona is primarily an older team and they can break easily. And if David Johnson goes down again, then mm-hmm. they're in bad shape. So, you know, Seattle it could be a 9-win team and win the division. Mm-hmm. They could be an 8-win team and win the division. Again, um, you can link this up with your Marquise you League 8 when they win 12 games, and I was wrong about the Seattle Seahawks, but I'm just saying.
0: So, for me in the top 10, I yes. don't know, T.Y. is still a big question mark in my head. I agree. He's not, he's not that he's bad. I don't know if he's just going to, if he's going to repeat what he's done.
1: I don't know Especially what to with make luck. of
0: Indy. I don't know what they're going to do.
1: I don't know what to make of Indy.
0: Indy used to be very consistent when Manning was there and now it's like I have no idea.
1: No idea. None. I it's Indy the problem was always defense. The problem was never questioning the offense and now it's always now about it's the the whole question, yeah. Yeah. Honestly don't know what to make of them. So, last thoughts before we sign off for the week.
0: Um yeah, so you know, I'm just biased with Cincinnati. Yes, we There's learned that. My, help. my uh, not help, but uh, hope. Rather. We learned
1: that uh, Craig loves the Cincinnati Bengals today, um, and thinks that their rookies and young guns are absolutely amazing. So um, we will probably be off for a week, just because schedules are not aligning, and uh, because it's a preseason, I don't really see a reason for us to force. Uh, a rushed podcast into existence. Tight ends and defense, particularly for tight ends and defense. For, for ends <laughs> and defense. I mean, come and on, kickers. Yay! Are we actually gonna do t- kickers? Yeah,
0: no, I guess we don't really have to. Should we? We can do the top three.
1: <laughs> we could do that now. I mean, I, um, you know, I'll take Graham Gano. There you go. Um, yeah, that's about it. There you go. Done. Yeah, I'm done. Draft Graham Gano. Graham Graham Gano isn't available. Then, um, you know. Buy a magazine. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, I, when it comes to kickers, kick, kickers are just all over the place. I think last year I used five different kickers. I pretty much streamed them all week, all year. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know what streaming is, for those who may be a little bit newer to the game, streaming is where you literally go to the waiver wire every week to pick up a starter at a position. And I did. I streamed my kicker last year. A lot of people really only stream kickers and defenses. Um, bi-weeks. I streamed uh, yeah for bi-weeks. Well, no, but I mean, that's the thing I literally used, I think five or six different kickers. I would keep one for two weeks and I'd go to the stream and catch another fish mm-hmm. and use them for two weeks and then go catch another fish there I, you I did, go. based on mainly on matchups didn't, you know, it wasn't the greatest thing of all time, but it prevents me from having to overthink it. I can see who, who has the hot matchup that week and go from there. And the reality is when it comes to, to DFS DraftKings doesn't use kickers. Um, FanDuel does, but, you know, there's going to be some changes to them with the merger if it ever gets approved by the government. Do they still not approve that? They actually filed an injunction against it. Wow. The government is concerned that it would create a monopoly and is filing an injunction against it. Um, Interesting. Which, well, that's the thing. there's, There's dozens of other sites out there. It's just everybody knows DraftKings and FanDuel because they engaged in that ad war from yep. two years ago mm-hmm. where they were constantly giving you these, these ads of showing guys in bars celebrating because they won a million dollars, you know, and they were trying to, to to kill each other's businesses at the same time. So, um, I think there's, I think, I think it'll eventually happen, but you know, the NFL, when it comes to daily fantasy sports, I think the NFL is their primary moneymaker. So I don't know that they're going to want to make changes midstream. I don't think they're going to want to go, and merge systems in the middle of a season. So I think at this point, if it's tied up with regulation stuff, we're probably looking at the, uh, 2018 season before we start to see changes, but we'll find out. We'll find out in the meantime. So, so I guess that will be next because we can do tight ends, kickers, and defenses in one podcast. I yeah, definitely, definitely. I don't think there's a reason we can't do that, but that may not be next week. We may have to take a week off. We're working on resolving that. Um, uh, but then again, once August comes, um, Will be much more uh, regular, and uh, we will be doing after we finish our positional previews. We'll be doing a introduction to DFS uh, for those folks who have never done daily fantasy sports. What to expect? What to do? Um, you know, where to sign up? Yeah, talk to your friends because most of the places have sign up bonuses, things of that nature. We'll go over all of that in one of our podcasts. And then once the season starts, it's going to be all about waiver wire acquisition. And DFS, because that's where the majority of the season long goes. So, um, and I don't know, maybe we'll even do a a draft special with our our league. We're scheduled for September 3rd. Um, I don't know if we could actually do a podcast during the draft. There's a lot
0: too loud and rowdy and alcohol infused.
1: Yeah, I'm more worried about the choice of words used in that room. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's going to be.
0: That's too much editing.
1: It's a lot we'll just make of threatening notes. that goes on in those drafts. There's a yeah. lot of threatening We'll just
0: uh we'll just make notes on I mean, what's going on. I can't even
1: on. I can't even allude to some of the things that have been said. No, stated. no, we can't repeat those things. I mean marital fidelity has that's, been questioned in yeah, that room. That's just um, physical safety has been questioned in that room. <laughs> We've um, known
0: each other for a long time, so well, it's our twenty fifth year, so I mean, it's a, kind it's of a crazy man. It's crazy. It's
1: kind of crazy. I think somebody threatened to blow up somebody's car one year.
0: Yeah, it wasn't.
1: Yeah, yeah, it gets it, it gets really, really hairy in there. I mean, this is a great group of guys, but we are very competitive and we like to do a good <laughs> job. So, anyway, uh, for the meantime, thank you for listening. This is the Football Fignuts podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Fignuts DFS uh, is our handle. And of course, if you'd like to email any questions or if there's something you'd like to see us cover, it's fignutsdfs at gmail I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we will see you soon. Thanks for listening. I'm <laughs>